0: word of the Lord. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, the old has passed away and the new has come. And all this is from God who through Christ reconciled to us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ Jesus was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to them the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is the word of the Lord. All thanks be to God. So who are you? You know That's a difficult question for us to ask. Often we go to, what do I do? So I'm a father. You know, I'm a a pastor. These are the things that I do, and therefore these are the things that define me. And yet, who are we really? What is this passage saying about our identity? And then here's the next piece, and I think this is crucial. Do you believe that? When the Scripture says that you're ambassadors for Christ, do you honestly believe? And then beyond that, do you want to live that out? Because if we don't believe we are who Christ says we are, then we cannot live in obedience to what Christ says. Because we first have to see ourselves as he sees us. Then we can begin to live as God has called us to live. You see, in Ephesians chapter 2, it says that we are dead in our transgressions and sins. That there was nothing we could do. We were flatlined when it came to knowing God. But see, God waked, waked us, waked us, right? He waked us up. He woke us up. That's the word, English majors. He made us alive with Christ. He gave us a new life, a new heart. But he not only did that, he didn't just wake us up. He also gave us a new name and a new identity. And part of that identity is that he has placed the Spirit within us. And see, the Holy Spirit is not just some entity. It's not the force. It's not good versus evil. The Holy Spirit is God. And what has the Holy Spirit done but indwelt and sent us? And therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. Sent to show and to share the good news of the gospel. Hey, if you want to remember that, you can open your bulletin. It's right there. Because, see, who we are is always based on who God is and what he's done. And who is God? God is the Holy Spirit. What has he done? He has sent us. Who are we? We are his ambassadors. What do we do? We show and share the good news of Jesus Christ. Because this is the identity that Jesus came to rescue us for. Not just to have our best life today, but to be saved so that we could be sent. To be saved so that we could have a life that reflects his life in the world, that others would come to know the Father through the new life that God has placed in us. You know That's an opportunity we have to share. But we have to ask the question, do we really believe that? And if we do, hey, what needs to change in my life so that I can reflect who God is? So watch this. Paul says in, in verse 18, he says... This is from God. So he's talking about what Jesus has done in verse 18, and he says, This is from God who, through Christ, so through faith in Jesus, his life, death, resurrection, gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. So realize this. Romans 5 said we were enemies of God. Ephesians 2 said we were dead in our transgressions and sins. Why would God entrust to us the ministry of reconciliation? Why would he entrust to us the gospel of reconciliation when I'm a rebel, I was at enmity with God. Scripture says I hated God in that I didn't want to submit. I didn't want to obey. There was this rebellious spirit within me. And yet, imagine this. It blows my mind. God entrusts to us the ministry of drawing others to Jesus. And he gives it to those who are rebels so that we might, God through us, share this appeal of the gospel so that others might come to know the Father. We are ambassadors for Christ. Now, Here's the question: what does an ambassador do? Now we have ambassadors to different countries. We, we probably, I think we do. We have an ambassador to Canada. I don't know who that is. Anybody know? See? Not real important, huh? <laughs> that guys, that guy's going to feel real bad. Nobody knows his name or girl. It could be a woman, right? Anyway, uh, we're ambassadors for Christ. What does an ambassador do? An ambassador speaks on behalf of a king. See, the ambassador doesn't go out and share the message he wants to share. He doesn't go out and express his will to that other sovereign. Rather, he goes out in the name of his king, the name of his president, and he shares the message that his sovereign sends him out to share. So imagine this. We got this. We talked about him. You don't know him or her. Somebody could look it up and tell me later for the next service, who the ambassador to Canada is. But imagine we got the ambassador to Canada, he or she is is up there and, and they're enjoying life. And instead of being an ambassador to the United States, you know they start digging the if it's possible, the Canadian life, right? Wearing toques and drinking molson and eating poutine. So that's they start doing that. They're enjoying life. And then they buy a track of land and they build a house and you know they say this is the good life. The American life, it's okay, it's okay, but I really like this. I think I'm going to become a Canadian citizen. Now, how's that going to work out? How's our government going to respond to one who was sent as an ambassador to represent the message of the United States, now becoming a full-blown Canadian and renouncing his citizenship in the United States? Hey, it's not going to work out, all right? We're going to have to find somebody else. But how often We who are called to be ambassadors, we who in Philippians chapter 3, in Philippians 3 verse 20 says, we are citizens of the kingdom, that our citizenship is no longer just anchored in the United States. And I know some of you are really anchored because you've served in the military. Some of you hold government positions. We love our country. There's nothing wrong with loving the country that we live in and serving this country. So some of you have deep roots. But being an American doesn't define us. If it means we do not see ourselves as a member of the kingdom and a citizen of the kingdom first. See, being an American is great, but being a member of the kingdom is greater. Being a citizen of the United States is temporary. Being a citizen of the kingdom of God is eternal. And yet, which values are driving us when we go out into the public square? Which are the values we see other people? Which are the values that we evaluate what is right and what is wrong? Is it just the values that protect the United States or is it the values that further the kingdom of God? Listen, if you're an ambassador, you have to ask yourself, do I really believe that? And does it show up in the way that I vote? Does it show up in the way that I engage in politics, that I speak to others, that I see others? And we're going to disagree on how we live that out. That's okay. I'm not promoting a political agenda. What I am promoting is a kingdom agenda that we have to start seeing others as God sees them and owning our citizenship not just as American but first as those who belong to the kingdom of God. We have to have a radical shift in our identity that results in a radical shift in the way we see the world, the way we see ourselves and the way we see others. You know, if you would turn with me to John chapter 17, You know, in John 17, Jesus is praying for the disciples, but through the disciples, he's also praying for us. And in John 17, verse 13, Jesus says this, "...but now I'm coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have joy fulfilled in themselves." And I have given them your word. So Jesus is speaking to the Father, and he says, Father, I've given them your word. Now, that word is the word of reconciliation. It's the gospel. It's that message we talked about before baptism. Repent and believe, for the kingdom of God is near. And he's saying, Father, I've given to the disciples. I've given them this word of reconciliation. And notice the way, this is pretty radical. I don't know if we see ourselves this way. But he says, this is who they are. The world has hated them. Now, when it says the world don't see people, world is not a reference to people. It's a reference to a philosophy, a way of life, a way of really self-salvation. I don't need to submit myself to God. I don't need to obey God. I can do it myself. And so he says the world, the philosophy, the system of the world hates them. Now, why? Because we're not of this world, just as I am not of the world. See, two radical identity shifts need to happen. One, the world hates us, so don't go to bed with the world. Now, again, the world system is the belief system, the idea that I am what I do, the idea that I don't need God. I can do things on my own. I don't need a Savior. I can make up my own Savior. I can trust in my job, my money, my career, my beauty, my outward looks, my success as my salvation. All of us are looking to a Savior, but see, there's only one who can actually save us. The world hates us. But then second, he says, you're not of the world. Now, if I was in the room with the other 11, because Judas, you know, he's kind of, he's about ready to head out. If I was with them and I heard that statement, the world hates us and I don't belong to the world, here's the question I got, then why am I here? I mean, think about that. If I sent my kids out to a, a neighbor and I knew they hated them and they were not of them, I wouldn't send them unless there was a purpose. See, the reason that we are here, even though we are not of the world and the system of the world does not agree with the system of the kingdom of God, there's a reason that we're here. And here's the reason that he describes. Watch this in verse 15. And notice he says, hey, listen, Father, don't take them, I'm not asking that you take them out of the world, but rather that you keep them from the evil one. Now, why is that? Because see, we're not of the world. Those things are not of us. That's not your identity. Don't hear, hey, you're just disobeying. Rather, he's saying, that's not who you are. Don't practice in the values of the world because that's not what Jesus saved you to be. Not just simply to do, but that's not your identity. And so he goes on to say, just as I am not of the world, and notice the language, verse 17, so important, sanctify them in the truth, your word is truth. Now, what does it mean to be sanctified in the truth? Often we think of holiness, and that is an element of sanctification. But see, we think of holiness and means i got to be perfect. That's why we're a little anxious today when we walked in, because we weren't. But that's not just what sanctification means. It rather means to be set aside for a purpose. What he's saying is, Father, sanctify them by the gospel, by the word, because I want to set them apart for a special purpose. Why? Because they're not of the world. They represent me, and they represent my message. This is who they are. Now, this is how that worked out for me and my understanding. Growing up, we had some sanctified dishes. I I don't know if people have that today, because I know we don't. We don't have the dishes that you don't look at and you don't touch, unless the president, the pope, or grandma is coming over you know they just kind of sat there they were glorious in their beauty and they were kind of placed the way and I think I saw maybe three times in life and then now I think they're in a box in my attic you know all kind of wrapped up because you know we just don't have sanctified plates and then some of my friends had sanctified rooms did you grow up like this crazy we could not go in there like I'd go over to my friend's house and we're playing ball rolls in there you don't go in there Why? Because that's the guest. That's for the guest. Kids don't go in. You don't touch that room. You don't look at the room. You walk past the room. Because, see, that's a special, sanctified room for a special purpose. When he's praying to the Father, he's saying, the reason they've received the gospel is they're set apart to be ambassadors for me. And so if he's left us here, the world hates us, you're tracking with me, and we're not of the world, are we here just to have a great job? Think about this. If this is who we are, are we here just to have great families? These are all good things that God's created us for. I mean, are we here just to enjoy life, to go off, you know, golf, ski, all that's fun. It's good stuff. But see, if that gets in the way of your purpose, then you've forgotten who you are. That the reason he has sent us here is to show and to share the goodness and the good news of God. We're here for a purpose. That God has rescued us out of the world so that this community might say, Hey, there's a community. There's a people who know God. And here's the beauty of that idea. You know, back in Texas, and I got some brothers here from Texas, my my church in uh, Grace Covenant. And back in Texas, I knew a a group of pastors. And there was a a group of businessmen and women that would uh, go out into the Middle East. And the reason they went to the Middle East is because they would create partnerships. The purpose for these partnerships were really not to make money, but rather to mentor leaders and mentor businessmen and women in the Middle East Because, see, they knew their title, they knew their success, they knew their job, gave them access to boardrooms, to office places where I could never go. Because it doesn't matter that I got a seminary degree. It doesn't matter that I know Greek and Hebrew. None of that's going to get me in the door. But, see, you're an ambassador. Now, what does that mean? It means you're disguised in the world as a a business person, but you're an ambassador for Christ. See, what's a, a doctor? A doctor who has put their faith in Jesus, is someone who is an ambassador for Christ disguised in the world as a doctor. That doesn't mean they're minimizing their skills as a doctor, but see, there's people who are going to come to you, and you're going to have the opportunity to love them, maybe even to direct them to Christ. I'm not going to get that chance. See, some of you can go places and meet with people and sit by people and love people that I will never have the opportunity to get near. See, but if we don't walk out with that idea that this is... My job doesn't define me. My title doesn't define me. I'm an ambassador for Christ disguised in the world, and get this, as a neighbor. How many of us are neighbors? Nobody, right? Yeah. Why am I placed in my neighborhood? Hey, because I like the house. That may have been your drive. No, because you're there because the people around you need to know Christ. I am an ambassador for Christ disguised as a neighbor Does it minimize my neighborness, but rather to reveal the gospel of Christ? Why are we friends? Because we're ambassadors disguised in the world as friends. Do you see that? That's our identity. We have to shift in our own mindset. When we walk into a place of business, when you go to school, students, whatever we're doing that I'm walking in as an ambassador for Christ first, I'm a student second. Students, you're there to serve your teachers, I know that's a little radical, but we are there. We're servants, even students. I don't care if you're in fifth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, whatever grade, college grade, whatever that is. We are there to serve that professor. We are there so that everybody has the best possible experience because we serve under the glory of God, not the glory of men. And that's the same thing you're going to do the rest of your life when you go to work. What are you going to do? You can go in there and say, hey, it's all about me and getting what I want. Or you can say it's about glorifying God as an ambassador for Christ. I'm here to make everybody's experience better hey, I want things to be successful. I've got to make decisions. I know my role. I know what I need to do. But in the end, my first and primary responsibility is to glorify God and do my job in a way that others see that I am an ambassador for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And through me, do you notice the text? He said, through me, God is appealing to others. Be reconciled to God. Let me ask, do you believe it? Your problem isn't doing, church. Your problem is you don't believe you are who God says you are. We don't believe when we walk out of this place, when I go to King Supers, I'm not there to be an ambassador. I'm there to get my Twinkies and get out. <laughs> Thankfully, they brought those back. That's it. But see, what would it look like? Honestly, if we just every morning, you're walking out the door, I'm an ambassador. Because you've got to tell yourself, we have a little amnesia when it comes to who we are. And when we walk back home, sometimes it's when you're coming home. I'm, not, I'm a husband, but listen, I'm, I'm an ambassador for Christ disguised as a husband. My job is not to get from my wife or get from my husband what I want. It's to get her to Christ. It's to get him to Christ. My kids, I'm a dad, but see, I'm an ambassador who happens to be a dad. My job is to get them to Jesus, not just to get them to obedience. There's a way to get your kids to obedience, and you'll fail to get them to, to Jesus but we have to have a grace way of life that gets them to Jesus and not just to what we want because that's who we are. Hey, real quick, how do we live this out? Just four real quick points. First of all, we're supposed to pray to the Lord of the harvest. We're not in control of this thing. You need to pray. And maybe today we're gonna have communion in a few minutes and just ask, Father, who's the person I need to, I need to pray for? And here's why we pray. On the one hand, God moves when we pray, but you know who He moves most when we pray? He moves you. Why do we say something to someone? Because we prayed. Why do we have words to share with someone on the days? You know, some days you don't have a word to share. Well, did you pray? Did you kind of build yourself up, get yourself ready? You got dressed, you brushed your teeth, combed your hair, looked in the mirror. Well, that's what we need to do as ambassadors. we got to pray, and we got to say, Father, would you put on my heart right now the person I need to pursue? Would you do that? And that's simple. Just every single day, say, Father, who is it I'm supposed to reach out to? And then second, would you just share your story? Be honest about your life. Because Jesus didn't save you just in 1985 or 1992 or 2007 or last week. He's saving you every single day. And though we are secure in Christ and our relationship with him is, is fixed, as is fixed as the cross, every single day there are things God has to save us from. Father, save me from pornography. I can't do it. Save me from temptation. I can't do it. Save me from yelling at this man because I can't do it. Every single moment what we're doing is we're trusting in our Savior, not just to get to heaven but to bring heaven to earth so that others might see the God who has rescued us. So first thing guys, we got to pray. We need to pray. And whatever you got to do to remind yourself, second, share your story with non-believers. Hey, what'd you do this weekend? I went to church. Why? Have an answer. <laughs> Have an answer. And then talk about what's going on. And then beyond that, share the gospel, which means you need to know the gospel. You don't if you don't know the gospel, go to 1 Corinthians 15, first 5 verses, it's right there. I don't even need to go. Or just go to 1 Corinthians 15. That's the gospel. Pointing people to Jesus. And then finally, what's the final idea? I, got, I Oh, I know. I skipped one. I was supposed to say love. That was number two. So if you're following at home, it's pray, love, share your story, share the gospel. You got it? Okay, good. Hey, let me, let me close with this idea. We're going to share communion. You know, one of the movies that has kind of inspired me, a little gruesome at moments... Uh, Braveheart. I imagine a lot of seeing Braveheart. It's kind of dating now, right? Patriot, Braveheart. It goes back. Well, there's a, a moment at the end of the movie, and uh, not the end of the movie, I think it's kind of the middle, and the Scottish Army is there and the British Army uh, is there, and they're outnumbered 3 to 1. And if I'm outnumbered 3 to 1, I'm going to be scared. And, and so the, Scot- the, Scot- the Army's scared. And they start... They start to run, and, and William Wallace says, hey, why are, you, why are you fleeing? Why are you running? And they said, well, we're, out, we're outnumbered three to one. And Wallace, I guess someone was there and recorded this, he said this. He says, fight and you may die. Run and you may live, but only for a while. But how many of you laying on your, your deathbed would give every day between this one and that to come to be back on this battlefield and look at your enemy in the eye and say, you may take our lives, but you will never take our freedom. What's he saying? There's something greater at stake than death. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives within me. The life I'm going to live in the body. I'm going to live by faith in the Son of God, listen, who loved me and gave himself for me. What am I talking about? What is greater than your life? It's the one who has given up his life for you. Do we see that kind of shift, that I'm crucified? Paul said, to me, to live as Christ, I love life. I love skiing. It's all good stuff, but it's not the greatest stuff. If you're skiing next weekend... Ski as an ambassador for Christ, buy somebody's lunch. You know, whatever you're doing, would that be first so that you could say, hey, to live is Christ, but to die, that's to gain Christ. There is something greater at stake than the things we're chasing after. As we celebrate communion, could I ask you, what's too great that you won't live for Christ? You know, what is it, what's that thing that you can't, you say, I can't let go of this? And would you just lay it down? You don't have to be perfect this week. It doesn't mean that this week has to, you know, you've got to make everything work out. It starts with this, repent and believe, for the kingdom of God is here. It's today. This is the day of salvation. You may know Jesus, but you need to be saved for the things that are robbing you of Jesus. And so let me pray, and then we're going to celebrate. Would the team come up and and those that are going to serve communion? Would you find your spots? I'm going to pray in just a minute. Uh, And guys, go ahead and come up if you're ready. Let me share with you just for a moment how we're going to do this. Um, When you're ready, I want to encourage you to come up to one of these locations. And as you do, they're going to uh, give you the bread. They're going to say, this is Christ's body broken for you. You're going to take that bread and dip it in the cup, and they'll say, this is Christ's blood that was shed for you. And as we do that, we do that with a heart that is examining our life and just asking, God, what is too important that I can't live for you? And so let me pray for us, and then when you're ready, and also if you want to raise your hand, we have some in the back who will come and bring communion to you. That's how much we love you. Let me me pray for us. Father, would you, in Jesus' name, through the power of the Spirit, enable us to see us as we don't? Father, would you even enable us to, remember moments where we walked and had a conversation with someone, but we had a conversation with them as if we are the king. Father, we walked into places and demanded our rights instead of demanding the rights of the kingdom of God. We repent. And Father, I'm so grateful. All that means is to admit I am an ambassador for Christ, rescued out of the world so that the spirit of God might work through me so that you may reconcile people to yourself. Father, enable us this week, not just to do better, but to walk better because of who we are. And when we fail to have the faith and say, Father, I repent and believe, renew my spirit and enable me, Father, to live for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's celebrate what God has done. Guys can please stand with me we're gonna sing one of my favorite old hymns give this thing on. yeah, that one's all set up too how great thou art let's just sing this with a gratitude of just a spirit of gratitude you want to keep this Yeah. <laughs> God. Hey, take this uh, word home with you this week. You are an ambassador for Christ. And this week, God is going to make his appeal through you Praise to implore others on behalf of Christ, would you be reconciled to God? May we walk this week in who we are and not just what we do. Amen. May the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ the love of God the Father and the power of the Holy Spirit enable it to be so. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Have a